Hot Fire. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is the one and only shot with Thunder Willie Mac. This your boy Hot Fire. This is Fred Ottman, Tugboat Typhoon. This is Royce, ISAAC Dollar Sign. Hello, everyone. This is the interview queen, Alicia T. This is the Callahan Death Machine in the draw and the face of Impact Wrestling. This is the AirPod God MLW star Richard Holiday. And you're listening to. And you're listening to. And you're listening to Broken But Glorious. Broken But Glorious. Broken But Glorious. Hey, yeah. So, hello, everyone. It's been a long time coming, long time no see. It's Steven Jackson, aka DJ215, here for BBG Wrestling. With uh, it's been so long, it's another very exciting Scandigraps interview. It's an interview with the CCW World Champion Nitro Green. Nitro, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Stephen. No, no, thank you. You know, um, first of all, congratulations on winning the CCW World Championship. Huge, you know, congratulations and a huge honor for you. You know, in your career to win the uh, to win the belt, especially as Scan uh, sorry CCW are coming over to the UK. Um, a month and a day from today up in uh, Scotland for the show Dane Spotting on Saturday the 29th of October. I mean, you've been in, to Scotland a few times, Nitro. Is it exciting coming back? It's definitely exciting to coming back and, and not just coming back, but coming back as, as you mentioned, as the CCW heavyweight world heavyweight champion. Not a world heavyweight championship yet, but it will be after I have defended it successfully on several continents, which I'm planning on doing. And there's no doubt that, that this is going to be hopefully one of many times CCW coming to Scotland. This is just the first and it's going to be a banger. That's for sure. Absolutely. I mean, um, historic. It's the first ever, you know, CCW show, Copenhagen Championship Wrestling for those people who, you know, don't know or are new to the uh, to the podcast ever outside of um, outside of Scandinavia. So this is huge. I mean, this is huge because... You know, with everything what's been happening with COVID and everything what's been happening in the world of wrestling, I mean, you know, the UK is, we just recently had Clash in the Castle over here from WWE in the UK, you know, so it's exciting. Another promotion is coming over from, you know, across the ponds to go to Scotland, you know, and I think with the people who aren't um, sort of au fait with CCW, what is CCW all about as the champion of the company? What would you sort of sum up CCW as? I would in the past have summed it up as a place where everyone can get a chance. The CCW to me now represents a place of hardworking guys, but it's also for the longest of time been a place who hasn't been in line where the guys in the bag were running the shots. And that was why I, with my new group, took charge of CCW. That was why it was important for me to set an example as I did last time CCW had a show. Now it's falling back in order as it should be. And 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 that's, it, it's going to be good. Grunge is the new thing. CCW is going to gonna build everything around and it's having me front and center with my three guys. Yeah. With my, with my Lucha Diomedes group, it's it's going to be good. What we have in store for CCW and then for the rest of Scandinavia, it's it's going to be big. Oh, it's going to be amazing. You know, I mean, like I said, I've been a long-time fan of CCW. To see you climb up the ranks of the company and to actually win the belt is such a huge achievement. And it's interesting you said earlier on about taking the belt to different continents and to different countries because, I mean, you were the European uh, Cruiserweight champion 
on several CCW shows, two-time, as you mentioned, yeah, two-time European Cruiserweight champion and had several outstanding matches, you know, around Europe and Scandinavia. And is that kind of fire there still from those days of being, you know, coming up the ranks? And is that still there? Is that what you want to be able to do and bring that even further? I can tell you there's nothing I took greater pride in than being able to travel with the European title. It was uh, the first run was amazing, obviously very heavily affected by the COVID. Um, so the fire is definitely still there. I, I'm still young. I have so much to prove, but in a small pond of, of Scandinavian wrestling, I'm now starting to to be a, not a seasoned veteran, but close to a veteran because I've been around for so long. But I'm, I'm only what people tend to forget is that I'm only 27 years of age. Wow. So so there's so much more in me. I, I still have plenty, plenty left in the tank. And and as I said, CCW to me has potential to go further and go beyond. It has potential to if if we do it right, nothing stops CCW. And and I'm one of, I wanna be the front and center for that. I wanna be the one who who carried the torch and I wanna be the one who 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 raise the bar for what CCW can be. And if that means that I have to travel with this, with all it comes with, so be it. I'm, I'm gladly doing it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's interesting you say then about, you know, CCW raising the bar in that, you know, and, and being the age you are, because the previous uh, members of the CCW roster I've spoken to, you know, there's always been a passion for, you know, a bit, I would say similar to kind of like a youth movement in a sense in that, you know, like you're all young guys and you're all working hard and wanting to, you know, put the best wrestling on for, you know, the, not, not, I, I believe for the world. And you feel that passion through the, through the screen, which is why I am so excited to come and see you in person. And, you know, like being, does it but even, feel... I'm, I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off, but even if you just take the first couple shows of grunge ccw has done things that you haven't seen ever in scandinavia on the first grunge show ccw put on a hardcore female match and i i was on the show twice i wrestled former two former ccw champs there there's so much more for us to do and as you said there's obviously this huge camaraderie and and if you take the average age of of the locker room it's a young it's a young locker room. Obviously, we still have the old guys who, who sticks around, but sooner or later, we'll, we'll kick them out as well. <laughs> out with the old and in with the new. <laughs> that, you know, that's that's the law of the jungle. Only the young and the strongest survive, and, and that's how very it goes. Very true. You know, it's very true. And I mean, with now that you are the CCW champion as well, it's an interesting thing you say there about, you know, being... Um, being a youth movement in, in a sense and but now being kind of a leader in, in a sense in being the champions you feel there's a lot more pressure on you to deliver higher than before and to be a um figurehead in you know the company in a sense like that that pressure what some you know you hear about some champions and companies uh in the past are of hell do you, do you have that same pressure on you i thrive on the pressure that's when i deliver and that's that's also when I have I have found myself to to innovate myself and, and come up with what what needed. And that was also why I came up 
with, as, as I said earlier, the new group of, of CCW, the Lucha de Muertes. I have my counselor round. I have my 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 muscles and and strangler, and then I have I have my my Joker in the back of a uh, of Devil Lock. So you know that that's that's when I had to innovate myself. I had to find different ways of of stepping up, not just Nitro Green's game, but CCW's game and and everyone's game. And you know that that's if that's what it takes, and that's what champs do, they lift up the show, and. And that's also why I'm so excited for meeting Seb Silvers in, in here coming up in Scotland because I have something Seb Silvers don't. I have main evented every promotion I've been to and he's still just coming up. Let me see what he can bring, but the result's going to be the same. It's been every other time that I've been main eventing on a show. It's, I mean, it, it's hugely exciting as well because I believe, is it the first time you've ever wrestled one another from doing research or have you wrestled Seb in the past? I've done quite intensive research, but I couldn't see if it's a first time in the match as well here in the UK as well. Seb Silvers and I have never f- f- uh, faced each yeah. other. We've been on the same shows, but uh, we've yeah. always kind of missed. Yeah, I mean, that's exciting as well because, uh, you know, being a um, being a world champion, that's the whole thing is that you get you know the new fresh challenges coming up and you know you're able to you know show how um successful you are as a champion facing all different wrestlers from all different parts of the world and you know a true world champion in the sense that old school kind of old school world champion the young and the old you know the rookies the veterans so it is i mean it is incredibly exciting as well to have a first time match in the uk as well as a first time ccw show in the uk and you know I'm looking forward to the challenge. Like the the fact that I, I obviously I've seen his move set and I've seen what he can do. And there's no denying that Sub Silvers because he's he's also fairly new in the game. And I, I don't know what to expect, but I like the challenge. Yes. Yeah. If I don't know what to expect, Sub Silvers doesn't know what to expect either. Yeah. I mean, are we going to do you think see some new moves out of the uh, out of the hat, or are we going to see some innovative offense as you've done in the past as well? In it, it, if, nece- if, if necessary, I'll pull out all the stops. What what matters and what is most importantly is that I am leaving Scotland, the forever reigning CCW champion. Because trust me when I tell you, this is not going anywhere. No. And Subsilvers might try to pride it from my hands, but if he is have to do so, he has to private out of my cold dead hands that's for sure oh yeah i can believe that and i mean it's interesting as well you know you, you talk about the you know him being young and his his move sets and things because before this interview um, i actually went back and watched a couple of uh you know matches refresh my memory after um you know just in time for the uh for the interview and um i watched the match you had uh against endakara which was just absolutely incredible you know like the moves you did and the crowd were into it and it was just you know, a phenomenal, phenomenal contest in, you know, from two uh, incredible wrestlers. I mean, you know, it, it, what was it? I mean, it, it, what was it like that match itself in that, you know, did it just feel like one? Is that what you cry for? That atmosphere of it just being in the moment like it was that match and it just being innovative and exciting? Is that what you thrive for and what you're looking for against um against I, I think it, I think Silvers? Yeah, I think with a guy like Endakara, it was it was two hungry young guys who just wanted to prove that obviously I had the title going in, the European title going in. 
So Ender had something to prove, and I I have something to defend. But but I like I, I like the challenge, and I like I like the opportunities to be creative. And yeah. when I when unfortunately now in in Scandinavia I wrestle normally guys who are way larger than myself, which which limits my move sets. And but also at the same pace it had it forces me to be creative. So that way when I wrestle on guys similar or maybe even smaller to my size that creativity that I have and I'm forced to use just triples. It makes it yeah. so much easier for me to get my creative juices going. And then, you know, the rest is also just like the very much varies on, on where I am and how I'm feeling. Cause it's, it's not to sound like, you know, I have, have the voices in my head, but you know, where I go, I've always have people on my shoulder who will be like, this is what you got to do. This is what you got. And sometimes, you know, they go twisted and, and tormented. And if that's where we got to go, you know, uh, being champ. And, and as you said, being the front runner, sometimes you got to do things that no one is willing to do. And that's what gets you further. Yeah. I mean, it's been, you know, the case for, you know, several wrestlers and several um, figureheads and champions of companies that they've had to do whatever they've had to do to keep the belt they've had to do what they have to do to stay on top you know so it's you know, all the, the main guys if you take it to the very highest level triple h rick flair as the list goes on and on and on and on and on if you look at their track record how many how many times have you seen rick flair when when he was world champion when he was the territory man who traveled and defended his world title how many times did he win clean Probably it was slim to none. It was slim to none. Yeah, but he didn't have to because he yeah. went out there and he and he, you know, he he had cardio for wrestling sixty minutes. He stellar matches every time because he understood what he needed to do. And that's I'm not there yet, but that's what I want to get to. That I I I don't have to pull out all my movesets at every match because that's not what it's about. It's about leaving with the victory. So I'll pull out what I need to do. And it's the same coming up here for Seb Silvers. I'll pull out just what I need. And if I need just that little bit extra, it's there. (laughs) Absolutely. And I mean, it's amazing to hear you mention those names like, you know, Triple H, Ric Flair. Um, I always think of guys like Harley Race, Bret Hart. um, Harley Race is a good one too. I like Yeah. Not too long ago, when I I went, I was fortunate enough to go to the States here this summer and wrestle. Yeah. And I was on a show with uh, the Beer City Bruiser. He was on contract with Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor, yes. When they got got bought out. And he was trained by Holly Race. And just the pure knowledge that he had and he gave on to the young guys in Wisconsin when he he tried to teach other people. There's no – if you could have had a seminar with Harley Race – the amount of knowledge you would have had. Wow. I mean, watching him was an education, let alone, you know, being taught by him. I mean, he's one of those guys who, you know, talk about figureheads of a of a company. And I mean, you know, obviously the NWA during that period. It's interesting as well. That's quite far, you know, that's quite far back. So in terms of your earliest memories of, of wrestling or, you know, most uh, sort of nostalgic memories of wrestling, um, where did it start? Like, was it was it kind of going back and seeing guys like Harley Race, or was it sort of more recent with guys like Triple H or middle years, like say like Ric Flair? And where, where did it kind of where did it start? The first 
taste of wrestling I have, and it, it still stands out to me like it was yesterday. It was Rey Mysterio in this completely red outfit, and he wrestled the old John Cena, a doctor of economics on SmackDown. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I just remember it was a friend of mine who showed it to me, and, and after that one match, you know, I think clearly with the mask, I, I was I was heavily hooked on, on Rey Mysterio and the acrobatics of his movement and, and how he performed. And then as I progressed, I've, I've seen further back, my favorite match to this day is still Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, Halloween Havoc. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, so I go back as well, but, and you know, as I get older, my appreciation for, for wrestling, unlike the moves, gets bigger and bigger. So obviously, what what my looking for when I see a wrestling match is different, but that was when it started. That was where Mysterio, John Cena, and SmackDown. Yeah, two amazing talents. I mean, it's incredible. You know, Rey Mysterio just recently celebrated his 20th anniversary in WWE. You know, and still going strong. Yeah, yeah, with his son Dominic, who, as we saw at Clash of the Castle, turned <laughs> yeah. on him. It's a, you know shocking. I don't know if you go back and you watch the turn Eddie Guerrero did on Rey. See the similarities on how it, like, story-wise, how it was the exact same way Eddie holds his hand on his shoulder and then delivered the lariat. It was yeah. the exact same way Dominic did it. There, there's, there's, I don't know. Maybe there's going to be a plot twist saying that Dominic is really <laughs> Eddie Guerrero's long-lost son. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> how interesting would that be? It's um crazy to think as well, as you just mentioned, then. I, re- I actually recently watched the... Uh, Eddie Guerrero and uh, Rey Mysterio match from Halloween Havoc 1997. And I remember watching that. I, I think I saw it on VHS. Or I saw it a long time ago when I was very young and because I was avidly into WCW and, and the Cruiserweight division just blew me away. And even now I can just watch those Cruiserweight matches and I'm just blown away with the things I can do. And that particular match as well, where you talk about kind of appreciation for wrestling as a whole there, there are very few matches you can watch from start to finish and you're just completely glued to the screen in terms of no matter how many times you watch it it just i don't know draws you in and to me it's, to me it's just the intensity of eddie versus the the mystery and the acrobatics of ray yeah that, that dynamic is amazing and eddie guerrero to me still stand out as one of the best workers ever Absolutely. I mean, like, um, you, you don't, a lot of, I mean, wrestlers even today say um, that you don't realize just how influential and how great Eddie Guerrero was until you actually worked with him as well. So, like, actually having those few interactions with him, like certain mm-hmm. wrestlers do. But whenever you go back and watch him, he was so complete in what he did. You know, he was able to, and he was another guy similar to yourself who over time he gradually evolved and became the world champion and that you know incredible moment of him winning the belt and you know with his mum and his brother mando there i mean it's a huge huge moment in in wrestling history you know and i mean that kind of like in terms of moments like that as well like winning the cc ccw world championship what did it i mean you hear about these times when wrestlers do win belts like what did it feel surreal did it kind of not sink in at first or what did it actually feel like when you actually were given as you've got hold of it now and hold it with such pride like is it what was it like did it just feel like what was it it, it was it was a necessary thing it, it was it was what needed to be done and that was why i did it 
Um, yeah. so I, I never had the urge and the desire to be CCW champ because I was I was long, long. I had my focus on the European title, which I lost to looking sharp. And and then I needed to once again reinvigorate myself and I need to figure out what what could I do and where could I do an impact? Because I, I I filed all my complaints to Ueva and I couldn't get my rightful rematch with Looking Sharp, even though I definitely still have it coming. And I trust me, Lou, I know you're gonna be in Scotland, your home turf. You never know, but but that that was when I did it. And and once again, it was history groundbreaking because I didn't win it at a at a CCW show. I won the CCW title at a DPW show. Yeah, which is. It's, it's it was it's a completely different brand and it's a completely different company in Denmark, um, and it was once again it was it was me putting out a statement saying I have been waiting for so long I've had I've let you guys run your your stuff but as soon as I wanted once again I took it I claimed it and now it's mine and now once again it's my job to prove to everyone who want to step up if they feel they can step up. They're more than welcome, but once again, my first two title defenses was against two former CCW champs. Both were annihilated same night. That is, you know, there aren't many wrestlers who can claim that um, that in their repertoire. I can't think of any off the top of my head, anyway, who've been able to do that with former champ, world champion, oh, well, former heavyweight champion, sorry, in, com- in uh, companies. And it's interesting you mentioned there, Luke King Sharp, um, another, um, you know, regular wrestler for CCW. And you've had a very interesting history, the pair of you. And I mean, as you said, he is going to be there, at, um, you know, Dane spotting. Are we going to see any kind of. Uh, you know, interaction between the two of you. Are you gonna? Have you got something planned, or are you gonna? I I I have nothing planned, and I'm leaving Scotland with the CCW Championship. That's all. That's what matters to me. I'm coming there to represent CCW. If it happens to be the case that that him and I have interactions, you, you never know. Once again, I have spilled and I have painted Copenhagen with Luke Kingshaw's blood. Um. And I'm sure he he's taking his fair bits of me as well. There, we've wrestled each other on, I believe, three different c- countries so far, and and the list is probably not even done. It's gonna there's gonna be added to it, um, but there's no denying, looking like you can't say CCW without looking sharp. Yeah. And then, as much as it pains me, because believe me, it really does. He is he is, well, well what's the right term? He is a CCW. Not alumni, but like he's, he, well, what, when you're like original, he's a CCW original. original. You you can't take that out of, of him and no. and no matter like, but that's also some of the things that I'm. You might be one of the originals, but that doesn't matter, because I'm still the CCW champ. He has something that I want. At some point, I'm gonna gun for it, but the timing is not yet. It's not right, but it's gonna be. Would you like to be a dual champion as well? Would that be, you know, actually hold both belts at once and the, you know, the uh, European Cruiserweight champion and the CCW heavyweight champion, the, uh, you know, double belt and the pressure of that? Do you think you'd be able to deal with it or do you think it'd be too much or what would you think? As I already said, I thrive under pressure. So the pressure is not going to be a thing, but but it's, it's, it's all about timing and... 
you know, it, it has to be once again. It's not it, it's not the right time, but when when it's time, I also know when I have to to go all in and, and cash my chips and, and and do what I need to do. And we'll see. I ha I have something coming up, but you know, don't show all your cards. <laughs> The uh, the mystique of the mask and the uh, the mystique of the uh, of nitro of nitro green. It's interesting as well. Just on a on a note of you know mystique and masked wrestlers recently. Um, for people who are listening, uh, the as we saw the great Muta recently appeared on AW. Yeah, I saw. Um, yeah, um, another you know legend of the wrestling industry and another man who you know, he's, he's due to retire um, in Yokohama arena, arena next year. But what I was getting around to was that, were you always drawn to the sort of mystique of wrestling as well? Like in terms of the mask and in terms of like, I mean, Mutra is one of those characters who is just so, I always see him as kind of like the undertaker in that he is such a mysterious character, but so intimidating and yet so, you know, um, uh, and he's so, he just draws you in into yeah. his mystique were you always drawn to that as a as an um as a fan as well i think i've always i've always been drawn to i appreciate different kinds of of, of the wrestling obviously the mask part of, and of the lucha libre that's that's always been near and dear to my heart but as i has gotten older and, and start to view it differently now i i when Randy, or, or unfortunately now out with injuries, but when I see some of his old stuff, I appreciate that. When I see something of like Triple H caliber, I appreciate that differently than I did when I was younger. Uh, but but gimmick, like not gimmick, but when people have something that really separates them from just being a normal person, something that's larger than life character. Yeah, that that that's what draws me. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, that's the other thing as well with, I think the other thing as well, like you were saying about appreciation and things is that, you know, um, for me anyway, you know, Muta is one of those guys who is so versatile in that, you know, he, he's able to wrestle a style, which although is very, uh, he wrestles a heavyweight style, but he moves like a cat. He's very, you know, fast. And how long, and how long has Muta been doing this? He will be coming up to... Well, it was 1985, I believe, when he debuted. In so we're talking like f nearly 40 years of wrestling, if not, you know, it may be more just because of his retirement, which is incredible. Like, that, that's a long, uh, long yeah. jeopardy as well. Like he's been able yeah. to consistently be, and not just not just wrestling, like, but he's been on high, the highest of high level for mm. the majority of the time. So yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing where I think, like yourself, where you're able to bridge the gap between wrestling a very sort of cruiserweight style-esque of Rey Mysterio, but also then wrestle a more kind of, um, you know, aggressive, heavy-hitting style as you have recently in your CCW defense, CCW title defenses, sorry, like the great Muta, and, you know, you're able to um, show that you are versatile in that regard. It's not just kind of one style fits all. And I like that about, uh, the, you know, Nitro, yourself, Nitro Green, and how you're able to move in the ring and things like that. Um and it's crazy to think because... Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. sorry. No, no, carry on. But it, it's a growing phase, you know, and I, I was trained by 
by a very hard hitting guy in Denmark, and then that was how I that was how I was brought up. But that that was never that was never the style that I wanted to do until I realized, you know what, all these fancy moves that, that that's all well and done and it's good because it it gets the crowd clapping, but that 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 doesn't win, and that's what yeah. matters. I don't get paid by the hour; I get paid by my by my wins and losses, and and that's yeah. that's what I got to do. And if if that means I have to be a little more aggressive, and that means that the gloves are coming off, well, so be it. Because not and once again. Now I'm not just doing it for me. I'm doing it for my group. I'm doing it for CCW, and I'm doing it for the greater of the Scandinavian. So, absolutely. And just um, on that point as well, in terms of you know being trained by a hard-hitting wrestler um, and being sort of instilled in that mindset, have any? Um, and because CCW is a particularly uh, hard-hitting and aggressive company and it is very um as you're saying hardcore orientated and a lot yeah, more so look like danish version of it yeah 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 i have certain wrestlers been intimidated but you know because it's um you know when they hear they may be facing nitro green have you felt that kind of or you're in the ring with them can you feel that kind of fear from them and does that kind of add into the whole um excitement for you and the aura of being in the moment like have you had anyone who's you felt the fear from because it must be daunting oh i think the fear come have you ever do you watch mma yes yeah when 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 you have to stare down on the way in Mm -hmm. and when you look someone in the eyes and that 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 to me is when I that's when I look at people and you see fear because you can you can you can come out to your music and you can do you can do your entrance and you can get the crowd going and that's all well and done but when you're in that ring and it's you and me and it's corner to corner and we look each other in the eyes that's that's when you realize if you have it or not and that's that's probably what I'm most excited about with with Seb Silvers yeah I haven't I haven't stand across from him. There's all the guys in Denmark have stood across, so I know when I'm staring them in the eyes, I know what I'm looking for, and I know what I have to be, what I have to install in them, and what I have to mentally install myself with. But with Sub Silvers, you know, either either I see a guy who's calm and before the storm, and he's ready for the for the pressure of main eventing an international show, or if not, I'm gonna see a very terrified young man who don't know what's gonna hit him. And that's the beauty of it, and that and that it's the same with MMA. I, you know, the, the best wrestler in the world to me would be Conor McGregor. Yeah. Not not because his skills, but like he could talk people into the ring, and or into the arena, and every it was pure entertainment. But when he had to look you in the eyes, you also knew that he here's a guy who's 145 pounds, but he hit you like a truck. Yeah. Yeah. Several trucks, I expect. Yeah, I've, I've heard. <laughs> but but to answer the question that you that you so politely asked, there I don't think there's an aura about me persona. I just people know what they're like. When you're wrestling me, you know what's coming, and if you're if you're prepared for it, you have a chance to adapt it. But if you're not, you're getting run over. I can believe that after seeing several matches and. Um... If you have one message to send to, there's two messages actually. If you have one message to send to Seb Silvers, you've kind of already said. But if you had something to say to Seb Silvers uh, going into Dane's spotting, what would that be? 
first time coming to Scotland, first time main eventing an international show, as I said prior, you better step up and bring your A game because there's a reason why I have main evented several shows. I've main evented countries that you're never going to wrestle in. So, Seth Silvers, and I'm not even talking to Steven, I'm talking directly to Seth Silvers through the camera here. Don't come in your flashy pants with all the tassels in the world because there's only one guy who brings tassels to the show. But be prepared because, once again, this is not just a title defense. This is making a statement for Scotland and CCW. And you're just you're just in the way. Nothing personal, but it's just how it's going to be. Because I have said it before and I'll say it again. The forever reigning CCW champion, it has to be the way, except, and it's not for me. It's for CCW. Can't put it any better than that. And I'm incredibly excited for the debut of CCW up in uh, Scotland for Dane Spotting. And um, just once again, as we said off camera, but thank you so much. It's been an absolute honour, Nitro, to be able to speak to you this uh, this evening here for me. And just, you know, I'm so excited to come and see you all in Scotland and, you know, see you firsthand defend the CCW uh, World Champ- Championship against, um, against Seb Silvers. I'll be there waiting and uh, applauding along with everyone else, believe me. As you should. Absolutely. And um, just to finish off as well, where can people follow you on social media where can they see some of your great matches and where can they you know learn about what's been happening in the world of nitro green the best place to follow me right now unfortunately i've been blocked of tinder uh, of uh, of twitter don't know why uh, so that that'll be running here shortly but follow me on facebook nitro green that's the best place to follow me instagram is also available search for nitro green you'll find me there if not mickle tt that's also where you see more of the the man behind the mask, you'll never see the face, but you'll see the man behind it. So have a look. Absolutely. So, yeah, please go and uh, follow Natural Green, everybody. And please follow and support CCW as well. And at the end of the, um, well, at the bottom of the uh, interview, if you're looking at this on YouTube, it'll have the details of the show. And also, if you're listening to this on BBG Wrestling on um, SoundCloud, we'll have all the uh, details, how you can follow CCW and how you can get tickets for the shows. And just to finish off, you can find BBG Wrestling on Twitter at BBG Wrestling, and you can follow all of our goings on as well at BBGWrestling.com. So that does it for me, Stephen Jackson, AKSDJ215, with this absolutely incredible interview with the CCW champion, Nitro Green. Thank you once again, Nitro. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'm looking forward to seeing you and the rest of the um, CCW crew up in Scotland.